What will you actually need to spend in retirement? Today on Your Money, Your Wealth podcast number 406, Joe and Big Al explain how to really think about and calculate your retirement expenses. Plus, if you want to reduce your tax-deferred account balances, does it make more sense to do Roth conversions or reinvest? What about doing Roth conversions to a higher tax bracket than the one you'll be in during retirement? Also, the fellows explain the alternative minimum tax, how Social Security spousal benefits work, and when in the year you turn 72, you must take required minimum distributions from your retirement accounts. And finally, what should someone with no credit history who hasn't paid taxes do with a sudden $100,000 windfall? I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. All right, we got David from Huntsville, Alabama. Hello, Big Al, Joe, Andy. I have a few questions about forecasting expenses for retirement. If you still have a decent time horizon, 10 years in my case, before you retire, how do you factor in reduced future spending into your plan? For example, my wife and I spend just under $22,000 for principal and interest payments on our home that will be going away in a few years. We also have other expenses for children. Food, clothing, family premiums for coverage for healthcare, dental, vision, etc. All of those things will go away when we hit retirement. How do you account for those things when thinking about planning? Also, got episode 402. Hell of an episode. <laughs> it was, I think. What number are we on that, now? That, that's a recent one, right? Yeah, by the time this airs, this will probably be like 405. Oh. Okay. So Four. this is very recent. So we're past okay. 400. Oh, yeah. Did we have a celebration? <laughs> the celebration was answering more questions. Got it. We're, we're actually waiting for 500, Joe. Then we're Got just going to be an all-out bash. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to be around. <laughs> that's, that's, of, that's debatable. I agree. That's, that's a lot of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like two years. Huh? A couple of years. You want to do this another two years? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> uh, well, it's up to the... Our listeners, the, the power, if, they want yeah. us to, if they want us to keep plowing through, I guess yeah. we'll plow through these. Yep. I don't know how many more questions. I mean, I think we've answered just about every question in the book. I don't know. Not some of them, not so great, but we, we <laughs> gave it a we gave it a shot. Gave, gave it a shot, and we usually say we don't really know what we're saying, so <laughs> take it for a grain of salt. <laughs> so back to episode four hundred two here. I heard the road tide, big Al comment. I chuckled as I'm a proud alum of the University of Alabama. Big Al is the name of the mascot for Bama. Oh. Oh. Now it go. all makes sense. I, I thought it was me. Okay. Got it. All right. I drive an old Toyota truck, and my drink of choice is a large cup of coffee. Thanks for all the comments and suggestions you have for helping me think through the expense consideration for a retirement plan. David. Cool. All right. I'll take a crack, and then Al, why don't you kind okay. of wrap it up? Like it. This is what we do for clients anyway is that you have your standard living expenses and then you have your mortgage and then you have ancillary expenses from there. So let's say if you have children expenses that you know, it's like, hey, there's sports or there's daycare or there's whatever. Right? Or co or college. College right? expense. You know, So you kind of line item that out, put it on a spreadsheet. So your main living expenses, let's call it is $100,000 a year. Um, your mortgage is $20,000 a year, and then another $20,000 for kids' expense or ancillary expense. And then you just take that because you have to use an inflation factor on some of this stuff. Like your living expenses are going to grow with inflation. So you call it 3%, 6%, 2%, whatever you want, and then you run that line item out on your spreadsheet. But the mortgage does not increase with inflation, right? Because that's a fixed rate, then that's going to drop off. And then your kid's expense will grow with inflation, but they will drop off at certain times, depending on how old your kids are. So then when you're at retirement, you have just your straight living expenses. So you just line item it out. You, you could bucket into like two or three. You know, some people go nuts and they have a full line item of everything that they spend. I mean, depending on how detailed um, he is. You could do it either way, but I think that's at first blush. That's what some ideas that I have. Yeah. I mean, th that makes sense to me too. So if in using your example, Joe, hundred thousand dollars is living expenses. That's real easy. Just have a, whatever inflation rate you want. If you don't know what to pick, maybe pick 3% just as a starting point, three and a half, two and a half, whatever you want, but maybe 3% is a starting point. 
And then you've got the other 20,000 for principal, 20,000 for kids, and both of those will drop off, right? So are the kids going to be out of college by the time you retire? Then great, you can drop that off. Although we do know that kids tend to come back and there are extra expenses there. Um, and from personal experience and, and, <laughs> and Joe, I'm going to be ex- interested to see how what this all works out for you too. Cause you gave me a lot of trouble on that. <laughs> and, but nevertheless, yeah, that's exactly what you do to figure out what the expenses are. And so once you got that right, you know, then you might, you might even take it another step, which is, do I want to spend more in retirement? Less. A lot of times you, you read, financial planning articles and they say, oh, you can only spend about 85% of your income or whatever. Maybe. Uh, in our case, a lot of the people that we help spend more because they have more free time. They more time for leisure, more vacations, more better cars, <laughs> fix up the house, whatever it may be, right? Vacation home. So just factor that in. Are you going to be spending more or less? But start with your current spending, uh, inflate that with an inflation rate that you're comfortable with. I think, uh, Joe, probably a hundred year average is probably between three, three and a half, something like that. Right. You know, you know, some people really get in the the weeds here. It's like, well, I'm going to save money in gas because I'm not going to be driving to the office. <laughs> right. Like, well, I'm not, so you're just going to stay at home. Right. I'm not going to, not going to dress. I'm not going to have suits. <laughs> yes, well, I'm not gonna... You ever going to go to a wedding? I think you probably have a few. How about, um, yeah, a couple other, you're not going to pay FICA tax. Right, pay- payroll tax. You're going to yeah. save money there. You're not going to fund your 401k. You're but, gonna, but, you're not going to save anymore. Right, but but I kind of think of your spending as kind of your net pay anyway. That's kind of your starting point to give you an idea of what you're spending. And then are you saving more on top of that or or spending less? We have to draw into savings or worse yet, uh, uh, drawing up your credit card. But then I don't think- you also have to take into account the uh, increase in healthcare expenses in retirement as you get older? Yes, you do. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you retire before 65 in Medicare. Yeah. You got private health insurance. I mean, that's a killer. You got, and so I think like what else is um, most people spend a little bit more, but I, I, I'm, I'm glad David is at least doing an exercise because most people have no clue what they spend. That's exactly right. And they go into retirement completely blind. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I think we'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, how many times have we had people come to our office? Ah, I'm spending three thousand a month. Okay, I'm thinking thirty six thousand for the year. I'm thinking property taxes in California is a third of that already. But let's, right. but you don't say anything, and then you know you look at what they're making, one hundred fifty thousand. Okay, cool. And then you look at what they're putting in a four hundred one k, taxes. Maybe they're netting ninety or hundred, whatever the number is, netting a hundred. Okay, so you got a hundred left over. You're spending thirty six thousand. All right, so you're telling me you're you're saving. Uh, I don't know, maybe sixty five thousand a year, right? Maybe right. five five six thousand a month. Does that sound right? Well, no, we don't have any money. Okay, <laughs> well, simple math. You're not spending thirty six thousand, right? But usually, when that happens, people come to us. They got their mortgage or rent. They've got their food and they've got their utilities, and they forget everything else. <laughs> Or maybe they don't even have their food. Yeah, it's like it's like during, during the holidays, you ever buy presents? Well, yeah. Do you ever buy clothes? Does that come up? Yeah. You ever, you ever go on a trip? Do you ever drive your car? Do you have a car? <laughs> got to fix it up. Do you have insurance? Uh, on and on. You got cable? You got a cell phone? Is that or is that free? <laughs> <laughs> Learn about six common retirement blind spots that can sabotage your financial plan. Watch the Retirement Blind Spots episode of Your Money, Your Wealth TV and download the companion Retirement Blind Spots guide from the podcast show notes. Just click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app, then find all the free financial resources right above the episode transcript. Next, learn to calculate how much you really need to spend in retirement and create a financial plan that you can rely on. When you click free financial assessment there in the podcast show notes. Schedule a free, comprehensive, deep dive into your entire financial situation with an experienced professional on Joe and Big Al's team at Pure Financial Advisors, a fee-only fiduciary. Then do us a favor and spread the word. Share your money, your wealth, all the financial resources, and Pure's financial assessment with your friends and colleagues. Uh, Greetings, Andy. Hello, Dynamic Joe and Steady Al. Steady. Steady as she goes. Steady as she goes. <laughs> this is Sunny D from Arizona. 
I remember Sunny D. Sunny D has emailed us before, yes. All right. Here's his question. Should I transfer funds from my traditional IRA to Roth? I believe is what a A Tyra. 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 I got a Tyra and I want a Roth. All right. Here's the situation. 250K plus dividends plus capital gains minus standard deduction puts me at the top of the 24% tax bracket for three years, ages 69, 70, 71. My income, excluding dividends and capital gains, will be zero. My goal is to reduce the tax deferred accounts, and I see two options. Transfer $250,000 a year from my traditional IRA to Roth IRA and use cash to fund three years of annual expenses, which are about $150,000 a year. I do have funds in case there's a doubt. I wouldn't, who's doubting? Well, he didn't say what they were. So he's telling you he's got plenty of money for his living expenses and taxes. You think Sunny D is a male? (laughs) I did say he. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just curious. Well, Andy, what's your vote? I think Sunny D is a female. I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. It does say we, while my wife prefers H2O, so that seems more likely that it might be male. I'm, I'm right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Well, Probably, not necessarily. Withdraw $250,000 a year from my traditional IRA and invest 100000 not spent in the market. The two accounts will result in the same IRA balance, which is currently high at the end of three years. Okay. All right. The advantage of strategy one is that the Roth investment grows tax-free, but the disadvantage is the inherited amount must be withdrawn within 10 years. The advantage of strategy two is there is no withdrawal time limitation and the after-tax investments grow in perpetuity while the disadvantage is there will be capital gains tax at 20%. The assets will be inherited by our three children who are doctors. So in the highest tax bracket and have no need for the funds, it is our high likelihood that the inherited assets can stay invested for longer than 10 years. Would love to hear your spitball on the two strategies. We have a Lexus 350. In a Mazda CX-5. CX-5, that must be like a SUV. Be a good guess. Yeah. Enjoy traveling, so the cars are rarely used. The Lexus is four years old and has 7,000 miles on it. Wow. It is rare. Yeah. That's unusual. My drink of choice. That's like my mother. <laughs> she sells like a PT Cruiser that has like 400 oh, miles on it. She still has that one. <laughs> I think now the bottom rusted out on it. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, in, the, the, in Minnesota, the Minnesota, yeah, the salt they put. Yeah. So let's see. My drink of choice is a 16 year old single malt. Mm, That's yeah. been aged, huh? Yeah, like that. So he likes a little splash water with that. My wife prefers yep. a little H2O. Okay. Pets are no longer in the picture due to our travel. You got <laughs> rather travel than take care of the pets. So pets go. Yeah, pets are gone. Wouldn't that be right? If they spend six months in the kennel, I agree. I've been a listener for four years and have recommended your podcast to family and friends. Thank you, Sunny D. Great work. The humor and mispronunciation, (laughs) which while intentional, is amusing. Yeah. Spelled wrong. Okay. So what? He's going to transfer $250,000 a year from his traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. Yep, that's one choice. And he's going to use cash to fund three years of annual expenses. So he's got a little cash outside of the retirement accounts. He's got a lot of money in the retirement accounts. And he's thinking of full transfer play to the next generation with some of this money. Right. But the kids are docked. Yeah. Get right. stock there. Yeah, right. Get stock there. But he's worried about the 10-year the distribution upon inheritance. So then he's like, all right, well, I'm going to withdraw $250,000 and just invest a hundred because he needs a hundred and fifty to live off of. Right. So instead of transferring it into a Roth IRA, he's going to take it, pay the tax, spend it, reinvest the other hundred thousand dollars, keep them in the top of whatever 24% tax bracket. Which do you like better there, Big Al? Uh, there's no choice here, the first one. And here's here's the reason why. You don't worry about your kids not keeping the investments. They can actually do their distributions from the Roth into a non-qual and have it still invested in kind, right? You can have the same investments. The Roth just ensures it's going to be tax-free for quite some time. It's going to be tax-free for all of Sonny's life. Correct. There is no required minimum distribution in a Roth IRA. 
So he's converting now into a Roth. It's going to compound tax-free for Sonny's life. Right. Then it's going to compound tax-free for his wife's life because she's going to live a lot longer because she's like you, Al, drinks H2O. <laughs> I'm like Sonny, and I'm going to start drinking single, single malt, malt scotch. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Is there a double malt? If, if there's a double malt, I'm drinking that. No, but you can have two single malts. Well, it's all right. So, yeah, because then you get the compounding tax-free growth Instead of if he takes the money out and reinvests it into a brokerage account, now there could be capital gains, there could be distributions, there could be all sorts of taxes along the way where he'll never, ever pay taxes on those money again. And then when he passes or when the wife passes, the kids can still stretch 10 years tax-free. Right. Yeah, there's no question. And then then it can go out to the non-qualified. They don't have to spend it. It just has to be distributed. And then you've got, let's see, Sonny is probably 68 or 69. So, Sonny, you probably got 25 years or, or more of your life. And if your wife outlives you, right? And then... <laughs> you know the exact date? I do. <laughs> you got till 92. <laughs> and Or I'll put it this way. You and your wife have a life expectancy to 92. I do know this because that's the midpoint on couples. Got it. Yep. But, but then is then the kids get another 10 years tax-free, right? So there's, there's no question here. Yep. Compounding tax-free is a lot better. So Sonny, thanks uh, for the write-in. Keep your emails rolling in folks. Yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Click on ask Joe and Al on the air. We'll answer them at some point, unless they're a novel. What, in which what case you might here? anyway. We got we got something special here right now. We got a I think we got a four page. We got a little four pager. It's a record. It's not our preference, but we've got two segments open, so let's go for it. All right, hi Andy, Joe, Big Al. It's Chris, straight out of Austin, buddy. Chris, how's it going, bud? Still riding around that two thousand one lower Dodge Dakota, and I'm not hitting the food truck scene as much as I used to. I find this working from home thing takes more time commuting into the office. Hmm. More time than commuting into the office. So he's spending more hours working at home. Yeah, he was the food truck pickup artist. Yeah. Don't think I've ever named my choice of poison. Let's fix that. I like to throw back an apple beer, the original non-alcoholic, when I special order them. Like them uh, from the herd of the high carbonation. For the like head the and the heads. high carbonation. God, I got, oh man, this is going to take forever. <laughs> this is, I'm nervous about this email, and that's why I can tell. blowing up. I also occasionally enjoy Moscow meals uh, made from Gosling ginger beer no, for a nice slow burn. So if, if he's going to get funny and sarcastic and all this stuff, then it's going to all blow me up because then I'm going to miss the jokes. <laughs> Let That's me right, do the we'll jump. Yeah, let's just we'll do our best. All right. So I'm sitting down listening for a few of your edge of your seat thrilling episodes that keep me thinking about retirement planning and readiness. When you made me realize a situation that's been covered in pieces, but has a twist that I'd like to hear your professional spitballing on. I admit this is long because I put a lot of thought into it. Over a good period of time, so it may not qualify for a YMYW podcast, but I'd still like to hear from your thoughts, even if you rip it a new one. Rip it a new one. All right, I'm gonna. I'm already ripping this thing a new one. <laughs> of course, it's all about Roth conversions. I'm resurfacing the discussion. Big Al and you, Joe, has mentioned a few times. It doesn't make sense to convert to a bracket that's higher than you'll be in retirement. On the surface, that makes sense. But what about those unique cases when you have, let's say, $3 million in IRA accounts and even aggressively converting in the 24% tax bracket for the next few years and still leaves you in a vulnerable high tax bracket for your RMDs? Let me introduce you to the fictitious married couple, one, who is 66, is still working and plans to retire in early 2023. His wife, Tuzi. Uh, one and a twosie? Or what? Yeah, I, I think later he talks about one and two. Twosie is older than one, so is already retired and drawing Social Security. Twosie has no 401k or IRA accounts, so RMDs are not a concern for her. However, her IRMA is being affected by one's yearly Roth conversions. So Twosie's paying a little bit more in Medicare premiums because yeah, one, one, one is 
And one's making money and and wants to do conversions. Got it. One has been faithfully making the 401ks for years. When he left his job, he's moved the 401k to an IRA after listening to OU YMYW podcast. One got concerned about taxes in retirement and realized he had incurred $2.8 million in traditional IRAs and deferred tax 401ks. One found out late about contributing to Roth 401k at work, so he maxed on Roth contributions and was pissed the match wasn't Roth as well, but that's for another time. One in in a twosie have about $3 million in tax-deferred accounts, $400,000 in Roth accounts, $650,000 in brokerage accounts, $200,000 in cash. So they got about $4 bucks. Very good job, one in a two. Excellent. Uh, One has been also Roth converting $90,000 to $100,000 for a few years, but plans to continue converting through 2025. So another couple of years, going to bang out another hundred grand into the Roth. You'll be converting... He'd be able to convert more, two hundred fifty thousand, if he retires in twenty twenty three. However, one realizes that at this rate, by twenty twenty five, he may have knocked out another seven to nine hundred thousand dollars in conversions, but that still leaves close to two million dollars still accruing and heading towards RMDs. Did I add that one had invested half of his IRA in some growth stock instead of moderate funds? In stock, so made the IRA growth crazy worse. Well, he did. He actually learned later that he did and became more conservative, but damage done. Not wanting to lose his position, one wants to continue to convert most of his current IRA growth positions to a Roth. Okay, I'm with him. Yeah, so far so good. He's got a lot of money. Yep, most of it in an IRA 401k taxable. So he listened to our show a couple of years ago yeah. and was like, oh, we're going to have a problem. Got a tax time bomb. So let's start converting to the top of the 24% tax bracket. Yep. He's like, if I retire next year at some point, you know, I'll be able to convert more. Um, so that's debatable. By the way, one side comment, if you've got $4 million and most of it's in an IRA, you're going to be putting your growth stocks in the IRA anyway. I'd rather have, have you have that growth and worry about the taxes than not have the growth. So let's just be clear on that. One will join Tuesday. In retirement and begin his Medicare in 2023, one and two Z plan to live on $80,000 a year with 40000 of that coming from the total IRA accounts, 8000 coming from stock dividends, 18000 coming from two Z Social Security, and the rest filled with cash. Uh, before one takes his Social Security in 2026, that would be at his age 70, one will begin taking Social Security, which will reduce the amount he can take from the IRA amounts, which leaves more to growth in tax-deferred accounts. And at 72, RMDs kicked in, $2 million is still growing, and most likely forces them into the next tax bracket at some point. As mentioned earlier, as long as one is maxing out the 24% tax bracket in conversion, Tuesday's Irma premiums is taking it on the chin with an estimated Adam premium of 4%. This doubles up when one retires in two years. Together, they'll be paying out a whopping 8% more in Irma tax premiums. One sees this as a tax that effectively puts him in the 28% tax bracket now in the next two years at 32. So Irma's Medicare premium, and that's based on income. And so because they are doing Roth IRA conversions, they're adding income voluntarily to their tax return and hence creating higher premiums for their Medicare premium. Yeah. And by the way, that happens two years later. So there's a two-year look back. The money that you make this year will affect your Medicare premiums in two years from now. So one starts thinking, wait, why don't I just nip it in the bud and convert everything needed to get the tax-deferred accounts to a needed level, 0.9 million. So 900,000 leaving a million-dollar balance to manage for RMD as soon as possible. Then heard Big Al's voice in my head, but still studied the pros and cons anyway. All right, we're going to go to the pros and cons of him converting. His wife has got Irma. Issues. Right. And so the the question is, should he convert in a higher bracket today than he's going to be in retirement? So now he's going over pros and cons. It's debatable. Yeah. Debatable if he's going to be in a higher tax bracket. True. Okay. All right. Here's the pros. No more conversion necessary if they can reach the goal of getting the total defer accounts down to a million dollars and manage it from there. With no more Roth conversions after 2023, they can actually live in the 12% tax bracket as early as 2024. Once thinking with the value of account positions currently down with the market, 
This is an opportune time for one to be converting with the ability to reach the conversion goal in two years. They're paying out an effective 28% rate with the Irma hits anyway. So the sooner they stop the bleeding, the sooner Irma can get back to the rates of 2025 being uh, the last hit for both of them in helping to avoid or lessen the tax torpedo. Another one here. Max out the 2032, 32% tax bracket in the remaining of 2023, a 32% tax bracket into Roth conversions, and they can take advantage of the low cost of entry into the Roth accounts growing faster when things begin to turn around. All right. I like that. Irma premiums will end in 2026, just before Social Security kicks in, putting more Social Security back in their hands. This all helps one and two Z stay in low enough tax rate to keep the capital gains rate zero as well. Cons are paying more taxes now to get into the lower tax bracket in retirement. Converting at the 32% versus 24 means they convert half of the nine million. Nine, they got nine million. Is he inflating no. that? I think it's. 0.9 maybe he's well he's got 2.8 in IRAs 401ks all right but pay out 29 percent additional taxes converting the remaining 0.9 million at 32 percent versus 24 percent means another 29k in taxes for a total additional fifty eight thousand dollars summarizing one believes that converting nine hundred thousand in a Roth account at the near bottom of the market sooner than later, that there is potential for that $58,000 to be recovered in a tax-free Roth account in the next four years, assuming the economy recovers in that time. And he and Tuesday will be in much better retirement shape going forward. Worst case, it takes a couple of more years. Question. Finally. <laughs> I thought the question is convert 900000 So that's the scenario, guys. All this leads back to the question, is the scenario that would warrant converting to paying additional taxes at the higher tax bracket to potentially come out financially better later in retirement? Just closing, I would like to think out of the box and leave you some closing thoughts on the question above. I have this crazy thought that once one has recovered the additional taxes paid by converting at 32 versus 24, and they are now paying taxes at 12% rate, then their effective rates should not be looked at the higher rate to get paid to get here. But this is little gem that I introduced to you as the NERT rate. Okay, now we're making stuff up here. <laughs> and he admits that. I'm not sure. We oh. need, do we need to go on? or I don't I don't. Okay. He, he wants our spitball analysis. Okay, here's my answer to this question. Okay, I would absolutely convert the nine hundred thousand or more, At, all day, every day, okay. right now. And here's In, here's my rationale. In one year, yes. Okay, low. T- I, I like his because if he's nitpicking about Irma taxes and he's already done the calculation of the additional tax, if the the longer that that money stays inside the retirement account, right? If he could keep himself in the 12% tax bracket, so he converts now, the 900,000 is low, 10, 20, 30% lower than it was a year ago because of the markets. He converts into a Roth IRA when values relatively are lower than they have been. And if the market recovers over the next three, four, five, ten years and back to levels where they were last year, two years, three years ago, he's going to make out, right? And all of that future growth is going to grow inside the Roth. There's going to be zero taxes on any distribution from the Roth. If he keeps it in the IRA, right, that's going to continue to grow tax deferred. So every dollar that he earns inside the raw or inside the retirement account is going to be taxed at ordinary income rates, right? Yep. So if he has a recovery inside the retirement account and he's taxed at 24, 25, maybe he goes into AMT or whatever, I mean, I would much rather have the control of paying a little bit more tax today to keep myself in the 12% tax bracket because I don't know where tax rates are going, Right. Maybe the 12% stays to 12, but then the 15 comes back, or maybe the 25 comes back, maybe the 28 AMT, who knows? So he's taking the uncertainty of taxes off the table, and he's paying a little bit of premium to do that. Everything good in life costs something. Final comment here is that when he looks at where his income is, if he can control his RMDs even lower, right? Because he wants to get maybe the retirement account to a million dollars. Because then the RMD there is 40000 bucks, right? So then he's got Social Security. But 
then all other distributions could come from Roth and tax rates for Social Security is based on provisional income. Roth distributions don't count. So he could also get a savings from the taxation of Social Security if he does this even maybe another year. And then you add up all those tax savings over the lifetime. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, I wouldn't do it in a million years, except in one situation. Look. And that is if the market crashes. It's crashed. Right. So I, I would at least think about it. I, I would be hard pressed to do it because you're going to be paying taxes in the 32 or even 35% tax bracket to do this to save in the 12%. But he would not be in the twelve percent tax so, rate. So he's saving in the twenty-five. Yeah, like twenty-four. Yeah, well, twenty-two now. But let's, yeah, let's say twenty-five later, right? So should I, do I want to pay tax in the thirty-five percent, thirty-two versus? We'll go with taxes as they're supposed to be in in twenty twenty-six, right? So basically, you're saving, you know, from thirty-two to twenty-five. That's that's seven percent. But it, it's a marginal rate, right? No, I, I understand, but. Um, yeah, the only time I would ever think about that is if the market's down, and it is down. That's why I said it. I would I wouldn't do it in a million years unless the market's down. Then at least I would think about it. But now you're trying to time the market, and which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. Well, but if he dies, then he's got the widow tax. True. What is the wife going to pay? Well, what is Tuesday going to pay? Well, she can do the same conversion at that point if she wants to. But their in their income with just Social Security and the RMD, even at three million dollars, is it's not huge, right? Two hundred grand. Well, yeah, one fifty after the uh, standard deduction. Sure. Anyway, th that's the, that's my only caveat. The only time I would ever consider this is when the market's down, which it is. I don't. Know, I would do it all day. I know you would. Right. You got the money. You're going to pay the, the the tax regardless. But you're right. Are you going to pay a little bit extra tax? Maybe. But can you get the compounding of tax-free growth in the control over your lifetime? Yeah, but you lost the compounding growth on on the tax that you paid. But I'm, I mean, if you also if, lost the it, compounding effect of the taxes that I'm going to pay the tax. I, I know, but if you're looking at fair, you've got to look at. So I've lost the, the opportunity cost on the money that I paid for taxes to make this a fair calculation. But the the money he has in the IRA is not all his. No, I understand that. So he's got to pay at some point, and I see your point of looking at. All right, do I want to pay a thirty two? To save at 24, 25. Yeah. I mean, right now, he'd pay at 32 to save at 22. But that's only if they extend these tax brackets, which who knows, right? So there's there's a mystery there. <laughs> what are the tax brackets going to be? Anyway, so it's it's like I say, I wouldn't normally do it, but when the market's down, I would at least consider it. That's, that's my thought. All right. There it is. That's the debate. We've got seven strategies to reduce your 2022 taxes, but you need to implement them before December 31st. You already know what they are if you watched our recent live webinar on end-of-year tax planning and downloaded the companion guide on end-of-year tax strategies. If you missed the webinar, if you want to watch it again, or if you need that free guide, check them out in the podcast show notes. Just click the link in the description of today's episode in your favorite podcast app to get there. If you've got money questions, comments, or stories to tell, Click Ask Joe and Big Al on air in the podcast show notes and send them on in. Let's go to, hey, Andy, Joe, Big Al, can you please explain the alternative minimum tax? Who pays it? I found it confusing. I would like to hear your take. This is Schmitty from the Villages. Schmitty. Yeah, we know Schmitty. Yeah, long time. How's that golf cart coming? Yeah. All right. Um, why does he care about AMT? Well, it's a good question. So let me try to explain. Alternative minimum tax, AMT. So the idea is that there's an alternative tax system that was developed or we came up with that, IRS came up with that in the 50s or 60s, something like that, when certain wealthy taxpayers weren't, quote, paying their fair share because they were loading up on tax deductions and the government didn't like that. So they came up with this alternative tax, which basically is this. Everything that's income in the regular tax system is still income in the alternative. And some some things that even aren't income, like incentive stock option exercise, is income in the alternative minimum tax world. So your income in the alternative world is either the same or higher than it would have been in the regular world. Now, as far as deductions, not all deductions are allowed. And the big one used to be state taxes, but now state taxes are barely deductible. So it's not that big a deal. 
But there's other things that are not deductible if you're loading up on certain kinds of certain deductions, oil and gas or things like that may not be fully deductible in the AMT world. So, so basically your accountant through their software is computing taxes in both systems every single time a return is prepared and you have to pay the higher of the two. That's the point of it. Now, right now, because as I said, state taxes are not deductible for regular tax purposes and they're never deductible for Altman purposes. There's very few people subject to Altman right now under our current taxation, but that will come back. Yeah. Because of the salt. Right. Because of the salt that, that changed everything. So, Smitty lives in Florida. There's no state tax in Florida. Yeah, no state tax. And in, in all likelihood, Smitty's not going to be subject to AMT ever. Very few people today are subject to it. They have to have kind of a unique situation that yeah. pushed them into AMT t- today. Yeah, here's where like people that have very high capital gains because capital gain rate is the same in both systems. And if you got less deductions, you might have a higher AMT rate. So that's part of it. Some kind of some AMT tax, alternative minimum tax, is a reversal. In other words, you get a credit for paying it. That's if it's something like a stock option, which then will reverse out when you sell, and you basically get that tax back. Probably way more than you need to know, but that's that's the point. The, the simple point is there's two tax systems, and you have to pay the higher of the two, whether you know it or not. There's two tax systems and a, and tax software as well as your accountant computes both every single year. All right, let's go. Well, Philadelphia, Philly, Philadelphia Phillies. Um, hi, Joe. L. my wife and I have decided to begin taking Social Security benefits when she reaches her full retirement age at 66 and six months. I will be 69 and three months. Our planned benefits start date will be January of 2024. <laughs> she is extremely, I'm sorry, she has an extremely low individual benefit. So she'll opt for the spousal. My understanding is that the spousal is one half of what my benefit would have been at full retirement age. My question is, since my full retirement age will have been over three years ago, when we start benefits, will she get one half what it was then? Or does it increase from what it would have been three years ago based on a COLA or any other mechanism? I know my benefit keeps growing until we start taking the benefits. But I'm not sure if they adjust hers or is it frozen at one half of the value that was at my full retirement age. Thanks for your help. <laughs> and he says, I will never, I never miss your show as it, this is my favorite uh, podcast. This is from Gus. So Joe, I'll take a stab at this. Um, great question, first of all, and and great insight, Gus, already, because you, that your your spouse can receive half of your benefit as long as you're claiming right and receiving that your benefit can receive half of your benefit, uh, but it's not half like if you wait till seventy it goes back to your full retirement age. So so you're right. It's it's what your benefit would have been at full retirement age half of that. However, it is adjusted for inflation. So in other words, had you start taking that benefit at age at full retirement age, let's just say you were 66 or 66, two months, whatever it was, uh, then it, as if you had been taking that benefit, it would have increased every year with, with cost of living adjustments. And so therefore, when she starts taking it, it would basically be what your benefit would have been with cost of living adjustments at 50% because that's the spousal benefit. Yeah. I know why he's asking this. Why? What's the cola on Social Security? It's high. It's very yeah. high. Yeah. What, what, what was, was it like nine something percent? Eight percent or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I remember when we were doing this, the cola was like a can of red, white, and blue, or a can of Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> You're right. And there was a there was a few years where the cola was absolutely zero. Zero. Big goose egg. So, um, yeah. So. Social Security people are getting a, a, a sizable raise. Yeah, they so are. Gus is thinking, hey, wait a minute. Come on, I, I, should, I should get some of this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do they just freeze my benefit? Um, which is a really good question and good insight. So, no, uh, they would get the increase uh, on the COLA. So, and, and for other people that are looking at their Social Security benefit statements, a lot of times they're not including the COLA as well. Um, so your benefit may or may not be a little bit different depending on, you know, how old you are when you're looking at your statements and so on. So we got Ricky writes in from Alabama. 
All right. I know RMD start at age 72, and you can delay the first one until April 15th, the following year. But in the year you turn 72, must you be 72? Or can you take it at any time during the year, i.e. before your birthday? And for Joe, life certainties are death taxes in Florida losing to LSU. Wow. Oh, my. Well, that's That could be quite a debate there. Yeah. Depends on the year. It does depend on the year. <laughs> it does, it does, it does. Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. Why would he even write that? Ricky doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> no, the RMD is calculated on, what, December 31st, the year before you turned 72? Yeah, that's right. And it doesn't matter. You can, it's, it's as long as you do it within the year, you turn 72. You could do it on January 1st if you want to. You could do monthly installments if you, you want do to. do whatever you want. So you, you don't have to wait till your birthday. That'd be tough if your birthday was December 31st and everything's closed. <laughs> it's like, what do I do? No, you can do it any time of the year that you turn 72. <laughs> and, and also, if you're taking money out anyway, right? You took some money out in January for living expenses. You don't have to take another one later. That would count towards the RMD. We got uh, Karen writes in. She goes, hello. A few years ago, your office helped me with a real estate sale question and answered it on one of your podcasts, as well as replied personally back to me in an email that I sent. I've been bragging about Pure Financial ever since, and have many friends now watching Joe and Big Al on Sunday mornings. I'm hoping you receive, once again, your gracious guidance for another financial decision. Okay? Big Al, you ready for this? Ready. My 55-year-old son-in-law is self-employed, unlicensed contractor the last 15 years. (laughs) (laughs) How do you really feel about it? Okay. He hasn't filed taxes just as long. Credit report is empty. No credit, no negative remarks. Uh, he will be receiving approximately $100,000 from the proceeds selling his mother's mobile home that is titled to him. Questions. What do you recommend he do with the funds? Uh, maybe get his license and pay some back taxes? <laughs> do, do the right thing. Uh, have an emergency fund. Pay off credit card debt and invest the rest. He doesn't have credit. The guy's a ghost. <laughs> well, good point. But maybe, maybe his wife does. I don't know. I bought a condo for him and his wife in June of 2020. It is now valued at $700,000 with a $490,000 mortgage. I'm about to put him on title. But rethinking that decision since he doesn't file taxes. His wife is already listed as joint tenancy with me. What's your opinion on putting 100000 towards that mortgage? Yeah, I like that. I, w- I would not put him on title. I don't see a benefit there. No, zero benefit. The wife and Karen are is on yeah, title. I think that's fine. Yeah. I don't think he'll do that, but you never know. I'm guessing he doesn't have a lot of savings, although I don't know that for sure. Yeah. I have a feeling more options would be beneficial for him if he starts filing taxes, since he'll be back to earning self-employed income for the next 11 years until he turns 66. Maybe he should deposit the funds in some kind of retirement account, especially now that his mother had passed and he's no longer her living caregiver. I told him uh, maybe he should just start a W-2 job at Home Depot so there's no red flags from the IRS by all of a sudden filing self-employed taxes after 15 years. Hope your upcoming holidays are bright. Curious, is Andy Lass still the producer, announcer, she female, male? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and say. female. Right? Yes. Was there an email that asked you that? She emailed afterwards. I, I emailed her and I said that, yes, we would answer this question on the podcast. And then she replied to me and said, I, I, I don't mean to be insensitive, but A-N-D-I, are you male or female? So I replied back and I said, yes, oh, I am indeed okay. female. Thank you. <laughs> Got it. Um, okay. Does Should the son-in-law get a job at Home Depot? <laughs> Well, yeah, no red flags. You know, hey, you haven't been filing taxes in 11 years. Now you got a W-2. And then all of a sudden, you're, you're hey, you got some money, you want to start a retirement account. Well, he could have been a stay-at-home dad. Sure. Right? But, well, but, he was an at-home caregiver for his mother. True. Yeah. Okay. Well, if he wasn't working, didn't get any income, I'm fine with not filing taxes. Yeah. But I don't think that's the case. I don't think so either. I think... Uh, I think... <laughs> well, here, why don't you go to Home Depot, get a job at... 
like a W-2. Yeah. Because if you go right away to self-employed, they wonder what they they'll be like, said. hey, well, what did you do the last 11 years? <laughs> you could just say I'm a caregiver. Right. Yeah. You don't need to work at Home Depot. He doesn't need to work at Home Depot, but he does need to get his license. He starts. He needs to start doing this right. The $100,000 is his, right? I'm, I'm guessing, but I don't know your daughter, his wife. I, I don't know their financial situation, but just generally, if they don't have an emergency fund, then create one, right? If they've got credit card debt, not him, but maybe her, maybe pay that down. And the rest you've got to put in a non-qualified trust account. You can't put it in a retirement account unless you have earned income. Maybe she's got earned income, so maybe that's possible, but he doesn't have any earned income. So he was on title on this home. Yeah. Mom dies. Right. Okay. So we need to know what the, the cost basis is of the home because there's not a full step up. It's half. Yeah. If he sells, there's going to be, there, there could be some tax due. Right. But he doesn't have income, but he probably needs well, to, file have a, to file, file a tax return. Right. Because you deposit a hundred grand at the old, you know, credit union or yeah. bank, they're going to be like, where'd this money come from? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, this reminds me of our good buddy from Orange County. Oh, he yeah. wants to I, know legit. I remember that. Yeah, Joe, Joe, Al, he lives, he lives right on the water yes. in uh, Orange County. And it's like, you know, I, I'm not comfortable carrying more than 10 grand to the bank to pay the mortgage every month. He had like a million dollars in cash in his trunk <laughs> he was selling fireworks it's in like, Nevada. Well, <laughs> we, we can only help you if you go legit. And we, then we never heard from him again. Well, I think I want to go to legit, guys. I want to go legit. But I, I do got this suitcase. Do you think I can deposit that? How do I invest it? How do I invest this thing? Yeah, buddy. Okay. Well, that's it for us today. I'm done. My voice is shot. Uh, thanks for putting up with us. Uh, we'll see you again next week. Keep your questions coming in, folks. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Joe's life with kids, soft drinks going against Big Al's code, single malt versus blend, Joe's surprising data on the villages, and Ricky in the third person in the big old derails at the end of the episode. So stick around. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click that Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at Your Money, Your yourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 and schedule a free financial assessment at a date and time convenient for you, no matter where you are in the country. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Playing a little hurt today, Al. Yeah, I know you are. You got a little congestion. <laughs> is, that, uh, is that because you got two young kids at home? Is that kind, like, of, the, my life kind of the deal? It's totally changed. <laughs> I, know, I know it is. <laughs> this is craziness. You oh know, it's, it's funny. I'm, I mean, when I had young children at home, I got so many colds, but then it, something happened after a while. It's like, and I don't get colds anymore. I think I'm like immune to a lot of it because I already got them all. Yeah. The little guy. And got you're it. super healthy. <laughs> well, according to Joe, and right. I'll take that. Yeah, but it's all right. I'm going to, so if I cough a little, um, pardon, pardon. I'll do my best to edit most of that out. <laughs> my, my voice does sound a little bit better like a radio voice. It does. I was going rem- to say something, but then I thought, well, I'll just let the listeners decide. Got it. Sonny D has I'm emailed this before, yes. Or are you talking about the drink? I, yeah, I enjoy the drink, too. I went, as a kid, that's why I got drinking another Sunkiss this week. Yeah, I see. You're yeah. you're out of this orange stuff. Not a big soda soda pop guy. Yeah, me neither. But, In fact, uh, like, I'm, I don't drink any. Oh, it's against your bylaws? It's <laughs> against his veganism. It's against, it's against the code. Because you're so no, it is, It's still vegan, but no, it's not healthy. Oh, just anything. Un- you can't put anything non-healthy in the temple. Careful what goes in the temple. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Uh, you want to live to like 200, huh? Yeah, I'm going to stretch those RMDs out. Got, a bit. got it, got it, got it. You like single malts? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. <laughs>
<laughs> Whether it's blended or single, I could tell. <laughs> I could not tell the difference. I'm not a big scotch drinker. Yeah, me neither. I can tell the difference between scotch and a beer. Yeah. <laughs> that, that I got. Yep. I, me too. I'm all over that. Uh, let's see. So, Joe, <laughs> is it intentional, the mispronunciation? Absolutely not. Yeah. I'm a very terrible reader. Um, but that's what makes it fun. It's, no, it's, it's so... it's. It, I'm embarrassed. I it's, could never listen to this program. Yeah, but if I read the questions, we wouldn't have any listeners. It would be pretty boring. But I should prep. Yeah, that'd be good. I, I, I could read them like six or seven times, <laughs> and then it would just flow. Just practice. Just practice in the car. Oh. How am I going to read this without pausing? <laughs> yes. I'm going to tape myself reading the email questions. And and I'll, get, I'll get, better better. Yeah, yeah. get better. Fifth time I did it before. But this is, I mean, I'm getting a lot better when I, remember when I would read anything? Well, I remember <laughs> in, in the early days, you didn't read anything. It's terrible. I, I read the true false questions. Yeah. And, I was like, you go for it, Al. I wonder how the STDs are. Villages, highest ranking place for STDs. Sorry? Why do you know that? Yeah, that's, that's actually a better question. I have no idea how I know that. I, I, it, it's a very well-known fact. Because it's like a 65-plus community. And it, it was like shocking. Like, what is going what's, on what's in going the villages? On, right. Everyone's having parties driving around in their, their golf carts. Is that is that something you knew when you were, lived in Florida, or is that just common knowledge? I, is that more recent? I think that's more recent. Okay. I think it was in, I don't know, some Wall Street Journal or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not making this up. Okay. I believe you. P.S. My new drink of choice is penicillin. <laughs> <laughs> Good, good call, Smitty. Uh, P.S. I'm kidding. Uh, my new drink of choice is a tall shot of Highland Park 18 with one large ice cube. That's yet another single malt. Oh, single malt. You hit Love retirement. It. You just got to go single malt. Single malt. Yeah, why not? Uh, don't, then, wait, don't waste your time with light stuff like beer, right? Yeah, then to lower my cost basis, I followed up with a shot of monkey shoulder. Blended scotch whiskey. <laughs> Oh, monkey that's, shoulder. Oh, that's blended. Okay. Oh, single malt and blended. Yeah. Monkey. He's lower. He's lowering his cost basis. He's going for the blend instead of the single malt. All right. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So, that's so when you ask cheap. about double malt, that's that would be a blend. So it's actually cheaper. Okay. I suppose. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna shop for some monkey shoulder. <laughs> yeah. You bring that into the studio before our next show. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. I can really read that aloud then. <laughs> Is this Ricky? Ricky runs real fast. <laughs> That's Ricky. Oh, that was that Ricky. Ricky. Ricky, Ricky. steals bases. Rick, Ricky Henderson for all you out there. <laughs> oh, I love Ricky Henderson. Ricky. Always talked in the third person. Oh. And you, you just love that, don't you? Uh, you know, it's one of my biggest pet peeves of all time because <laughs> I only like it when Ricky Henderson did it. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of cool, but any, any, anyone else can't do it. Ricky. Ricky runs real fast. <laughs> 